Hello and welcome to episode two of the Cover in Liverpool podcast with me, Neil Jones. Different location. Uh, lessons from episode one with Paul Gorst, who decided to sit directly in front of a window and ruined the uh, experience, the visual experience for many of the uh, the YouTube commenters. So we've decided to go and get a studio. Thanks to the guys at Redmen TV for stepping up and providing that. And thanks to my second guest, the big name, obviously, you know, the, the sort of the headline guest of the series, um, former colleague of mine at the Liverpool Echo and Liverpool correspondent, reporter, Liverpool... Call me wherever you yeah, want. Yeah, Mr Liverpool at The Athletic, <laughs> um, James Pierce. James, thanks for joining us. Good to see you, Neil. Yeah. yeah. Sorry I... if I have already ruined the visual experience <laughs> well, we'll for see. everyone just Listen, being here. That's... YouTube comments can be brutal. <laughs> YouTube's comments can can be brutal, um, as Ghosty found out. But, no, we're here to talk about covering Liverpool. That's the name of the, the podcast. We want to talk about what it's like to do that for a living as a job, um, to be immersed in the club 24-7. And it does feel like a bit more than that sometimes, doesn't it, when when things are going well and when things are going badly as well. Um, first, I'll start with that then. you know Things are going well at the moment. Does that make the job easier from your perspective in terms oh, of yeah. just, just, just day-to-day life? Yeah, yeah. Everything is so much easier <laughs> when Liverpool are winning. Yeah, which I, I think sometimes there's maybe a bit, a bit of a misconception amongst people. They think like... You know, oh, you know, you want to be negative, you want to criticise or whatever. From, but it's like, you know, believe me, like having there's been a lot of ups and downs in all the years I've covered Liverpool, and it's so much more enjoyable and easier when the team are winning because you know, like anything, people want to talk. It's much easier to get people to open up, and you know, whether it's interviews or just chatting with people in general, um, at all different levels of the club. You know, it's if if you're if you're reflecting about. Can we talk about how well something is going at the minute, or how that's worked, and you know how have you managed to do this? You know those are much easier conversations to have than trying to get to the bottom of why things have fallen <laughs> to pieces, or yeah. you know like a particular transfer window has ended badly, or you know whatever else that the, there's been. It's um, yeah, that's why yeah you certainly have to make the most and enjoy periods like this when it's you know relatively calm and. Yeah, you end up out, well, in the job I'm in now. You almost end up pitying some of the other reporters at other clubs, who you kind of know when things are tough. That's that's when it kind yeah. of like you just don't you don't really want like your club to be the story really across the Premier League because yeah. it's like that's that's when all eyes are on it and it's like well you know we've got to get to the bottom of exactly you know, why on earth things have gone to gone to pieces. Yeah, I, I'm, we'll we'll talk about some of those ups and downs that you mentioned covering Liverpool and yeah I, I've witnessed firsthand some of them um, when we worked at the Echo together and you know some of the some of the times when it it did feel like the spotlight was shining pretty brightly on Liverpool. Take it back to the start. I was shocked last week. I spoke to, to Ghosty about how he sort of went when it, an idea of becoming a journalist or a writer or a reporter formulated. And he said he was sort of thirteen or fourteen. Was it earlier for you? Did you did you have an idea in your head that you know that that was what you liked to do? I I, I said to Ghosty, I always remember writing a, a report when I was sort of six or seven years of age, and sort of it was always on my mind. When was it for you? Yeah, pretty much primary school, really. Yeah. Even like back end of primary school, early on in secondary school, because. Yeah, you know, my I, I grew up in Bath in the southwest of England, and um, my aunt was a scouser and is a big Liverpool fan, and she bought me a, a shirt and a scarf when I was probably about five, I think it would have been. Um, and then, um, so kind of like 
that's where kind of the, the love affair with Liverpool started. And then, you know, like most kids, when you're growing up, you're like, well, I want to be a footballer. Like, I want to, you know, I, w- I want to be John Aldridge, you know, like, like Peter Beardsley, John Barnes, my heroes when I was growing up. Um, and then you quickly find that that cruel moment that comes to most <laughs> of us that you're absolutely nowhere near the level required. So when I went to games, when I was still really young, you know, I would, I would it always fascinated me the fact that there was people sat in this little kind of box area yeah. of like the main stand who, and it was like, you know, wow, they actually, and then you obviously your parents get the papers and you're like reading, you know, wow, this is this, this the fellow I saw in that box yesterday. who's like written this and thought, you know, people actually do that for a job. Mm. And it was, so it was quite early on. It was that thought of, well, if you, if you can't play, like what, what a job that is to be able to just go around and watch football and write about it and interview people. And so, um, yeah, even from like the age of about 12, 13, I was doing work experience on the local paper and um yeah my local team at the time was with bath city like yeah. non, non-league football um but uh yeah that was yeah, it was to say, it, it never even really crossed my mind what else i could possibly do really, yeah. if it didn't if it didn't really work out that's interesting no i'm, I'm just before we carry on I'm, I'm just visualizing you and john Aldridge as a strike pair and i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of outside the box work no, going on there that's no. two goal poaches <laughs> together absolutely if anyone who's seen james play football will tell you john Aldridge and him would be sharing the same space um that's it i mean that's interesting you say that about because i notice it obviously where i sit at anfield in the press box is right next to the the, the entrance to the main stand and so I I get a lot of supporters who come up to me before you know the game half time after the game and I, I get a lot of people who bring their, their children up and sort of say Expl- can you explain what you're doing to, to people yeah, you know and yeah. it's sort of like you, you do you do sometimes you know take for granted just how lucky you are sort of you know that you, you, you are a very small part of, of this sort of experience of going to a football match isn't it I mean I always used to joke with you didn't I about um, every year we'd see that Coventry Coventry game was that 1990. Your first game was that Coventry away just the, after Liverpool won the league. Yeah, yeah, it would be yeah May May 1990. Actually, I think I'd been to a few before that, but that was like the first first like you know away game that I went to Highfield Road yeah. last day of the season. Obviously, Liverpool had already been crowned yeah. champions. It was like our our junior football club that I played for at the time called Bear Flatley. You'd have an annual trip like at May to a, to one of the the Premier League game. So, yeah, you never forget a day like that because it was absolutely scorching hot. Liverpool have just won the league. They actually went 1-0 down after about two minutes and Kevin Gallagher <laughs> scored. And then they ended up winning 6-1, Six-one. John Barnes' hat-trick. And then it was actually about probably about four or five months after that. It was October 1990, first trip to Anfield. Oh, OK, right. So um, who was that against? That was against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd been on my dad's case it was a bit of a different dynamic because my dad was always loved his football, but he wasn't particularly, you know, he he, he was more like he enjoyed football. He wasn't like a real yeah big, general big, football fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was more as a kid me dragging him to games than right. than the normal dynamic of maybe being dragged along and taken along to places. So I've been on his case for ages about you know I want to go to Anfield, I want to go to Anfield, and then he it was like an early birthday present, so I would have been just. I've been 12 at the time. Yeah, October 1990. Liverpool 2, Chelsea 0. Right. Russian, Stevie Nickel. Stevie Nickel. You've just interviewed Stevie Nickel as well, haven't you? For a, um, yeah. for a, for a rival podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean that, that again, that's, that's another thing, isn't it, that I think Gorsty mentioned in last week's show. Those surreal moments you have now where, for me, it was Robbie Fowler or Stephen Gerrard or people like that. But those surreal moments where you're sort of, you're in the company of these people that were sort of, 
so far away from the you know your your world, and now now you're in there. It, it, it's I always think it, it it does well, doesn't it, as, as a journalist to sort of take a step back sometimes and go. <laughs> bit mad this isn't yeah, it? You know, like, yeah it's not it's not normal no 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 and you're, you're right i think it is actually really important to to do that because obviously sometimes you can get so het up in the day-to-day stuff and things can maybe get you down and all the rest of it and you kind of like have to have a little quiet word with yourself yeah. and say imagine i'm to do a proper job yeah, like, exactly. I, i've said that to myself <laughs> many many I, times i want to try and keep this going for like the, the people say to me on twitter where they're obviously not in a pleasant way they say you know are you seriously calling yourself a journalist? You know, I was like, well, don't don't tell anyone I'm not because <laughs> yeah. like I want I need yeah. to try and get another twenty years out of this. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I can't retire yet. So it was, um, but yeah, you're right. You do so even like Ian Rush was another one of my massive heroes yeah. as, as a kid, and you like so even bit when I'm going back quite a few years now when I was at the Echo and you'd be ghostwriting Ian Rush's column every Monday, and that was always like a bit of a pinch myself moment because it was like like imagine like eight-year-old me but like in his bedroom covered in Ian Rush posters if someone had said well in you know 25 years time you'll be ringing him every Monday and it's just like what yeah so um but yeah even like you're saying obviously same with you with like Aldo and Jan Molby I mean it just brings back a memory of driving back in QPR with John Aldridge in the back seat asleep (laughs) in the pool car and sort of Kept falling, falling onto the the seatbelt and, str- and throttling me, and then having to apologise. Anything that's it's John Aldridge, you know, I used to watch watch videos of him scoring goals for Liverpool. It's, it is it is a um, it is a strange world. When you say that you, you know you call yourself a journalist, when did you start writing? As in you know, because back then obviously there weren't blogs, there weren't Facebook or you know Substack or Medium or anything. There was no way of getting your stuff out besides writing on a piece of paper. When did you start sort of doing that, or you know? Did you do school, school paper, school yeah. newsletters, things like that? Yeah, we had like we had like a school kind of um, like newspaper, and then but it was mainly work experience really for the local paper because even from kind of age of twelve, thirteen onwards, I kind of kept in contact with the the people there. And the, the Bath Chronicle um, was was the local newspaper where I was, and it was it was still a daily paper at the time. It's now a weekly one, um, and you know, like most, even back then, they they weren't particularly well staffed, so. Mm. I, I kind of said to them, well, you know, if, if there's anything going on that you can't send someone to, I'll go and do it. Whether it's the local judo championships or the karate or the, the hockey or whatever, because you know, like if I the same thing I did when I went to the Echo, because you kind of you you soon realise that obviously everyone wants to do the, yeah. the the cream of the crop kind of thing, and it's like so it was that was you know they they'd say, oh, is there any chance you could go to this this weekend? You know, we probably need three hundred words or. Or whatever, and then it used to be great because then you know, you know, I don't even, I don't even know if I would have emailed it then. I don't know if it was like going back that far. I think it was mid nineties, sort of. Yeah, 90s, yeah. I think yeah. I'd written it out and then I had to ring it into a copy taker, yes. which obviously wow. people would be like, "What the hell's yeah, a copy yeah, taker?" Yeah. But it was that was what it would have been like. So that, so that just, just, uh, just what is a copy taker? Because there, there might be a, a younger audience here. Yeah. So you would literally just be dictating your copy yeah. to someone on yeah, the other yeah, end yeah. of the phone, which yeah. obviously leaves you at the mercy of yes. them mishearing <laughs> you. And... Oh, there used to be some hilarious mistakes that would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah, I mean, remember, I mean, our, another one of our ex-colleagues, Dave Prentice, didn't he, at the Echo, he always tells the one about ringing in copy. And and I think it was like someone called Gary Bennett, Gary and he had Bennett. scored, and it I was like one R, as in he meant one R in Gary, and it went in the paper as Gary one armed Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> and, like you know, like, like a jewel thief. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember the one, the, the one as well was uh, it was it was 
Prano tells a story about Dean Saunders. A picture of a picture of Dean Saunders went in with the wrong the wrong um, caption, and it was a picture of Chris Eubank with a, with his monocle. The Liverpool striker Dean Saunders oh, is set to be fit for the weekend. Yeah, but even in my first job at the Bath Chronicle, it was that every Saturday at the at the game, you'd 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 ring the copy over. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was like you'd have to ring in like two hundred words at half time, ring in another like hundred words halfway through the second half, and then and then you'd do the top bit. You know, straight after the final whistle, five minutes after the final whistle, ring in. So you'd you'd just be there with a notepad, basically yeah. writing it all that, out. That sounds quite pressurised, you know, especially for someone young. I mean, I I I definitely still feel the pressure sometimes. You know, for, for example, a night game. If you have a Champions League game or a, an FA Cup game or a League Cup game in the in the midweek, and I don't have. The last few years I've worked for goal with, there hasn't really been deadlines, hard deadlines, but I, I feel the pressure of sort of, right, okay, I need to be ready, and you, sometimes you feel like with 15 minutes to go, you're not ready, but that's, yeah. that's pressure, isn't it, in terms of, you know, having to get through, having to have something to hand. How 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 did you find that in, in, in the early years? Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was, I was doing it as such I know, a, I know a, it's bad city, yeah, I'm not trying to... Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, but it was, it was, do you know what, it was just like, I was really lucky that I worked with some really good people who like each week they'd kind of go through your stuff with you and go, well, you know, why did you why did you do that yeah. or do you not think yeah. that like Genuine that should have been yeah. yeah yeah like that do you not think that should have been a bit higher up or you know you didn't really explain exactly what happened there and and stuff like that so it, it's it's funny because obviously you know Bath City in well, Conference South as they are now I think they were even lower back then it was like the Southern Premier League it, in a way it's like such a complete world away from the Premier League but in actual fact. The basics of the job are absolutely yeah. exactly the same, yeah. and it was in terms of like building relationships, trying to build trust with people, um, you know, and doing interviews and you know what is the best line and all the rest of it. And so it was, I I, I loved it as like a, a grounding in in journalism because it was I was I was really lucky in terms of how it it came about because I I kind of kept this contact go, going in terms of the work experience stuff, and then. At the time, this was like probably 1996 when I was like finished my A-levels and um, journalism degrees were still like really, really new. So yeah. the, the editor of the paper said to me, if you want my advice, don't do a journalism degree, just do a degree in something that you're really interested in. And then if you still want to do this in three years, you can just do a postgrad course. And he said, we, we've got like a trainee scheme anyway. Right. So I, I came to Liverpool Uni, did yeah. did a degree in history and politics. Um and then work for the newspaper up here um, in Liverpool, the student paper. And then every school holiday, I'd go uh, every university holiday, I'd go back home and do stuff for the local paper. And then they they kind of said to me, look, well, after I'd graduated from uni, they said, you know, next time something comes up, we'll give you a shout. And then I went backpacking around Australia with a mate of mine. And then about three or four months in, they messaged and said, something's come up, we've got a place for you, but you're gonna have to come back in two weeks. So wow. And it wasn't, it wasn't How long even. Be going for? I, was, I, was, I was supposed to go for like nine months, right. so I ended up coming okay. back after just under four. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was something. It was something I wanted to do so desperately, and I thought, you know, Australia will still be there. And it has been, hasn't it? You've been, it has. You've, you've, you've been back. Yeah. You've been back with with work as well. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I think anyone who's seen that picture of you with the koala bear would, was uh, the baby koala would <laughs> would remember it. Um, That's the one that that Colo Torre ran away from. Colo ran away from. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the story. Did you play football on the beach with Trent in, in that on that trip? That was one of the, yeah yeah. Ben I think Woodburn. it was Trent ben and Woodburn. Ben Woodburn. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It Just is, three it young is. boys with it really three young lads with hopes world. and dreams. <laughs> Absolutely, three great footballers. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I mean. 
you say you're going to going to uni there, obviously. Obviously, when you when you're covering Bath City, I, I, the way it was put to me when I was on the weekly's paper is it matters just as much as when you're writing about Liverpool, just a fewer people. That was the way it was yeah. put to me. In fact, it probably matters more to those people because they can't get that that information anywhere else. So you're you're it's so important. Did you did you sort of did you think about going further, 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 or were you, was that the most important thing in your world at that time? Is it you know I'm writing I'm writing on the, yeah. on the local paper. Was that sort of yeah? I never really had a a plan as such in terms yeah. of like I'm going to do this for two years and I'm going to yeah. move on. And at the time, it was probably like the kind of like the next step would have been probably the paper in Bristol, which was like the nearest yeah. bigger city, and obviously Bristol Rovers, Bristol City, you know, two decent sized football league clubs. Um, but yeah, in the back of my mind, I always thought I wanted to come back up to Liverpool if I could, because I'd loved living up here as a student. Um, but but yeah, the, yeah, the idea that be writing about Liverpool one day was yeah yeah when you're sat in the pouring rain at you know, you know some of those <laughs> Folkestone <laughs> and Dover and yeah when I I, I had like a, a, a like a clapped out F Reg Nissan Micro at the time that cost four hundred quid right and it was like. I was like at the mercy of that every Saturday, traipsing around the the south of England, and and quite often it'd be you know sometimes you'd be stood there in the pouring rain because some of these grounds they you know, there might be two hundred people there yeah. Tuesday night, and you just got your sodden notepad and a pen, and then you're going going back to the office after. To, and and to you're not it. getting there, you're not getting monitors with replays, and you're not getting you're not, you're not getting your stats on how who's covered no, the most distance. No, and no, those no. But it was it was like when I look back now, it was just such a. Such a good grounding, and yeah, it was it was it was a really like in, enjoyable time. And you're right, it, like even though it's such a low level, it still means a hell of a lot to those. It means something yeah. too. I I know from going to away games with you that it's it's still the result you check on a Saturday, isn't it? We're driving back up the M6 or whatever from an away game. Yeah, all, you're always bat, you know bat Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you still have friends, contacts, um, people from from those days in terms of you know people that you you interviewed, yeah. pair people that you you had to professional sort of yeah yeah coverage. still keep in contact with a couple of the managers from from back around then i mean like when i first started at the bath like paul bowden the ex-wales manager okay, yeah, was yeah. was the manager and then um and then there was like you know, it's not exactly el classico but like bath chippenham was the um was the, was the big, <laughs> the el big right, yeah, el Bathico. <laughs> and the um and yeah like yeah, it was Tommy Saunders and Alan Pridham were these like two local figures, and it would be at loggerheads. And the um, you still it, yeah. it was funny because you'd ring them, you'd have to ring them to do like a preview on a Friday, and before they played each other, they would always say, "I'm not speaking until he's spoken." Right. So then you ring the other one and go, "I'm not speaking until you tell me what he said." Yeah. And it was like, "Well, this is a little bit awkward because yes, like... just do it on Zoom now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be, a lot, be a lot easier now, um, but. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. I do, do still keep in contact with them. My my dad's a season ticket holder at right. Bath City and still goes down. And yeah, touch wood, they're doing all right at the moment. Oh, so wow, okay. I do. Yeah, the um, someone did say to me once, "Well, what would you ever do if like Bath and Liverpool played each other?" And I said, "I, I, I really don't." You'd, don't be, in see the, those. you'd be in the BBC studio, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you'd be, I don't give you the guest for Canada. I don't, I I don't see those. Know? I don't see those two worlds colliding well, anytime soon. Never say never. <laughs> um, when, so Liverpool and so coming to work for the Liverpool Echo. When was that? Two thousand five. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was the month after Istanbul actually. Okay. So um, it was strange the way it happened because I came for the interview in the January, and I always remember Liverpool played Blackburn. It was just coincidence. Liverpool were home to Blackburn that night, and I got tick got tickets, went to it, and it was an absolutely dreadful nil nil draw. Like nothing happened. Freezing cold, wet. 
and um, had the interview in the day. I felt like it had gone all right and then never heard anything for like three three months or something. So I was like, wow, how bad must that have gone? <laughs> Not even worth a stamp yeah. just to say thanks for coming up. But <laughs> yeah. no thanks. Um, and then John Thompson, who obviously was our boss yeah. at the Echo, then out of the blue rang me and said, said, oh, um, I don't know if you ever got told, but there's been a recruitment freeze. Um, I was like, no, 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 no one else. He went, well, that's why we've not contacted you. And he said, it's just been, we've had special dispensation to lift it. So we'd like to offer you the job of like, oh. it was like, it was kind of half sports reporter, half sports sub-editor. Yeah, yeah. So um, like, because in, in Bath, I'd done page design and sub-editing as well as, as writing. Um, so uh, yeah, it was, it was funny because it was, I just, I just assumed, I was so like over the moon to, 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 to get it. Like I just automatically assumed it like financially it's bound to be beneficial. And then he told me the salary and it was about five thousand less than I was earning really? yeah. where I was. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it was like this is gonna be a bit awkward going back home and having this conversation. The um but yeah, it was all about looking at the bigger picture really yeah. and just I mean, thinking more. That that's a really interesting point I wanted to sort of raise actually, because you you obviously know my my story at the Echo and yours sounds not dissimilar. It's a it's a really strange industry, isn't it, in terms of money and like sort of what people people work for free a lot, don't they? And yeah. people sort of really, I, I wouldn't say get taken advantage of, although I think I think some people probably do. But it is one that you sort of you do have to take some risks to to, to get into it because yeah. I'm guessing part of it is because it's so like what we said at the top of the show, it's such a, a dream job really, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, that's yeah, how, yeah. You, know, yeah. you won't yeah. do it, someone else will. I think, yeah, yeah, that is that is the thing. I remember, I remember like, I, it was, because the, the offer was 17,000 a year and this was yeah, 2005. Um, so yeah, it's not, it wasn't like, wow, this is a life-changing sum of money. It's not Saudi you're, money, that, no, is it? No, no, no you're, you're not, yeah. not going to go out on the Dom Perignon <laughs> like wondering how you're going to sp- spend that. But it was, but you're right, it is, it is a, I always... It's been a really strange industry in terms of that respect. Cause I think people just automatically assume, well, it's, you know, it's quite glamorous, isn't it, being yeah, a football yeah. reporter? But it's especially having to like work your way up. I mean, I, I remember there was a there was a girl that I did my journalism training with, and her first job, she'd moved to Devon to join. Like, I think it was like called the North Devon Journal, and it was eight thousand a year, and that was as a qualified journalist. So, so that's in the two thousand. And that was well. in that was in two thousand and one. Wow, okay. and it's like, and you're like, how, like, yeah. how, are, how are you getting in yeah. a, a flat and living? Yeah. And it was so. You, yeah, you don't. Yeah, the, yeah. It was there was only one reason to pursue it, and that was because it was just something you were passionate about and you yeah. abs- absolutely love. And we, yeah, we've seen it time and time again at the Echo, haven't we? Where you know people coming in, you know, week after week for nothing, doing because it's, it's, it is because I would I get a lot of people contact me asking for like careers advice, yeah. and and you kind of say you've just got to go the extra mile because it's so competitive. You know, there's the jobs are there, but you've got to try and stand out from the rest. And that, yeah, there is a fine line at times <laughs> in terms of putting yourself out there and business is actually taking advantage. I don't, I don't, like I said, I mean, I came in to the Echo 2010 to do help with the supplements for the 2010 World Cup. Two week, two week work experience. And I actually had a job at the time as well. I just, just left the job. Um, but, I think it was six months, sort of, it, it turned into six months, and I, and I do remember it sort of, you know, the first time, it's like, right, you can come in on a Monday and do junior sport and we'll pay you a little bit, but when it, when you look back, I do think now, I think, I don't know how I got through sort of that, that first period, and then I remember the sort of relief of being offered, you know, something, probably wasn't a great deal of money at yeah. the time, but yeah, it is an um, it is an industry that I think gets a, 
I think people look at it, don't they, and think I, I I used to used to really rail at me and it was people I knew. People would go, Oh, you're so lucky and I used to say, come on, let's let's be fair, you know, it's not lucky, you know, blah 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 blah. But it is it is one that you're sort of you you're privileged to do it, but you have to sort of I think you have to have a, a fair bit of uh, resilience to you to, to sort of stick at it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe less so now in terms of, you know, there's a lot more avenues maybe to go into when you're younger and when you're sort of first starting out. But yeah, I know I know it was tough for a, a period. Um so when did you start doing Liverpool games then? When, when you know when 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 were you starting to move so into it was, the, the it, I mean it's that? it's funny how much when you look back now how much things have changed because when when I started at the Echo Two thousand and five. Um, obviously, Chris Bascom, yeah. people know, was the, now the Telegraph reporter for Merseyside. He was, he was the Liverpool reporter, um, and pretty much he, you know, that unless he was on holiday, no one else would write about yeah. Liverpool. You know, it was. It's not like now where, you know, there might have four, five, even six guys at the Echo, maybe even on a daily basis, who write about Liverpool. It, that just wasn't the case, even to the point. I remember, like, if Chris was off on a Tuesday. You know, before he left on a Monday, he'd leave like Wednesday's back page. It was that was the way it, way yeah. it was, and um, so it was it was so so different. So the only real opportunities, quite in the first couple of years, were you know former player interviews, kind of thinking you know yeah. who, who, who could you who could you go and speak to to kind of compliment you know what what else what else the paper had LFC wise, and then and then quite often if, we, if there was a second press pass for a game. That if Chris was going to like the mix zone, then someone would need to do Rafa Benitez's press conference. So that that was kind of like yeah. how I started doing it with you know just just going and doing you know a quotes piece from Rafa's post match press conference, and then the occasional like analysis piece maybe. But it was um, yeah, it, and I you know for the first year or two at the Echo, I was predominantly doing other stuff again, like because I just wanted to write. It was one I'll just do what. Basically, no one else wants to yeah, do. Yeah. So I would go and you know speak to the you know the the Olympic you know gymnasts and yeah. you know and athletes and I was doing like local rugby union and a bit of rugby league and local cricket. So, so and... A running column? Did you? So, did you? Yeah, 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 column? yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, first out the blocks. <laughs> Which is ironic because <laughs> wow. no one's ever yeah. said that about wow. me. Wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. But I mean, I mentioned this to Gorsty. Well, Gorsty mentioned it last week, but. I think it's a, a an important point. A lot of journalists at the Echo at that point and the Post, obviously, who were, were working together, but who went on, have gone on to work for National. So there was a lot of people to learn from, wasn't? It? Obviously, you mentioned David Prentice, Chris Bascom, Tony Barrett came through, yeah. didn't he? Dom King, yeah. um, Andy Hunter would have been. Was he there at the time? Yeah, yeah I think he, he around that time he was on obviously the Post. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, Nick Hilton, obviously, who's yeah. you know really experienced journalist who covered Tranmere when I was at the Echo. There's a lot of people there that you, you and you're subbing their copy as well, I guess. So you're, are you sort of, are you taking little bits in there in yeah. terms of how to do the job as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, when I look back now, I was so lucky to work with so many like gifted journalists and 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 also like sometimes even when where people will end subbing, you know, the the, the the some of the real experienced older guys who had been sub editors there for a number of years. You know, sometimes it could be quite daunting because they'd yeah. be like, Who, you know, who's, who's written this? And you'd be like putting your hand up very slowly, going, come here, come here. And yeah. um, you'd be getting a bit of a bollocking about, well, why have you written this? That, that doesn't make sense. And you're like, well, actually, yeah, yeah. And it was, but it was like, oh, I'm not going not, not to make that mistake yeah, again yeah. and get, get mugged off in front of everyone. Um, so, so, yeah, you're right. Obviously, Chris Bascom, when he, when he moved on, you know, Tony Barrett then came in and then Dominic King after him. And it was, I, I kind of like, the way the when things really changed for me was 
you know, when I look back now, a big thing was, ironically, when Liverpool were in such a mess under Hicks and Gillette, um, because it was still this culture of, well, there's just the Liverpool reporter yeah. who writes about Liverpool. I remember Tony going to our boss at the time and saying, this is ridiculous. Like, you almost need someone to cover the politics and someone to cover the football. Um, and kind of the outcome of that discussion was, well, you know, we'll just move James across to the writing desk permanently. So, he, you know, he doesn't no longer has to do the okay. sub-editing and page design stuff. Um, and then... So that was that was great for me yeah. in terms of gaining more experience. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, so what, were you doing the politics or the football? Um, a bit of both, mainly. Mainly, I mean, you, you, did, was... you did study politics to be fair, so yeah. you should have, you should have an idea. Yeah. Although I didn't, yeah, I didn't do American <laughs> shyster wasn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> didn't do that module. No, no. no I didn't do that <laughs> module. But um, yeah, I mean, Tony, Tony, obviously predominantly. Uh, you know, he was. You know, when you think back to some of the stories he broke around that time, around you know the Klinsman being lined yeah, up yeah. and all the rest of it, he obviously was by far and away the, the leading light. Um, and then, I, yeah, I just helped out where I could. and um, But, yeah, I'd say even then it, it felt like I started to think, oh, you know, I wonder with Mo- maybe one day I could potentially step into those shoes. But, yeah, it still felt quite a, quite a long way off. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I, I obviously was there from 2010, so I know you got the job as the top guy 2011. Early 2011, Early yeah, 2011. yeah. You actually, you indirectly, you were the reason I got my first ever game for the Echo in terms of you were ill, couldn't go to Newcastle um, in the, the dog days of the Roy Hodgson era. Um, was, so that I, Andy, was that when Andy Carroll Andy ran Andy Carroll, right, and yeah. my, the last line of my report was, uh, Liverpool have got a lot of work to do in January, and if they've got any sense, they'll be putting Andy Carroll on their shopping so list. And fault? they actually bought him. <laughs> and I can remember being so proud, and then and then gradually getting less and less proud as, as, as his career went on at Liverpool. Um <laughs> But yeah, so you was that like sort of February March was it? And Kenny had just taken taken over or come back in? Yeah, he just come back in early January, hadn't he? So um, yeah, it was a, it was a strange period because because when when Dominic King left, I I did the job for probably about it was quite a long time, probably about three or four yeah. months, and and it actually reached a point where going to Anfield for games, people would say, "Oh, congratulations on that." And I was like, "No, I haven't I haven't yeah, been appointed yeah, yeah. like this. This is just like an interim." thing and um and they were like oh no no but you know, you've you've definitely like you're definitely and then and then like it was an absolute slug to the guts to be told that yeah. they'd actually appointed a news reporter to come across and become the the echoes liverpool reporter so to be honest at that point it was like well i actually said said to both the editor and the sports editor at the time like that's me done here like i'm yeah like it's you know that is the ultimate slap in the face. Yeah, that that would have been. Um, say, and so that was like, I was like, right, well, I've, I've now got to look around for another job. And you know, at the time, people would say to me like stuff like, "You do really, you know, they're never going to let someone who's not from Liverpool do that job." You know, they, and it was yeah. obviously around that time, you know, the multimedia side of it had really taken off. And and so I, I don't know whether that was that was a, a big factor or what, but I mean, it was. Sorry, maybe the Hicks and Gillette stuff had soured it as well. Not soured it, but sort of. They they thought well, we need a more hard news approach to it maybe you know because it's, it's yeah. more of a news story than a sports story yeah. at times when yeah. in that period. But I just, yeah, I mean it was, yeah, like, it was just it was a you know as it turned out it didn't work out and they had to make another change within yeah, within two yeah. months because it is it is a very different environment working in news compared to to working in sport and um, so yeah it was a bit of a crazy period because yeah we literally went from thinking well that it's never going to yeah. happen for me you know, I need to look at, at moving on and just accepting it to then getting called into a meeting and saying, you know, 
you know we didn't expect to be in this position but the jobs come up again and we want you to take it and we're very sorry for for the way the way that we handled things a couple of months ago um and then obviously there's a little bit of you that's I'm thinking gonna say, did you have a did it you cross it? your mind to say yeah. sorry no chance yeah of course it did yeah i'd be like like it was because part of me was yeah desperate to say right no no you can stick it when the sun <laughs> doesn't shine but then then you you take a step back and look at the bigger yeah, picture and you're yeah. like, don't be an idiot. Like if someone had said to you when you were when you, you know, take a seventeen gun a year to move. Yeah. Yeah. The um so no, it was and it was you know, again, like talking earlier on about like pinch me moments, it was just it was weird the fact that obviously that coincided with Kenny coming back because again, like <laughs> such a hero of mine when I was a kid and then, you know, suddenly you're being taken down to Mel to be introduced to him and he's giving you his phone number and um and uh yeah it was yeah like i, I kind of it wasn't it wasn't like going in completely blind because I'd, I'd obviously worked closely with the guys who had done it before and and i'd had little spells of covering and then doing it when people had left and all the rest of it but yeah it was still like a yeah it was a massive massive like step yeah in, yeah you mentioned obviously it's, it was the multimedia age was sort of upon us and social media age was definitely part of that or big, the big part of that really. That was something that you sort of it was it was a big part of your your rise as well as the Liverpool correspondent and I don't know I, I don't even want to guess at how many followers you're on now it's not far off a mill I imagine but how did you find that in the sense of because you've gone from with all due respect writing for about Bath City. <laughs> For for you know a few thousand hardy souls, you're sub-editing pages and you're writing about judo and athletics. Now you're public property almost. You know, writing about Liverpool Football Club for the biggest publication on, on Liverpool Football Club. How did you find that sort of exposure, if you want to call it that? Uh, How do you find it? To be honest, <laughs> that, yeah, maybe, maybe I mean, that's I, just a, a current it's probably, question. It's funny actually because I'd, I'd, I'd say even it's obviously over, over the years you it because you kind of learn how to kind of handle it better and deal with things better, which is is probably actually quite fortunate way because I'd say it's actually got so much worse social media over that period that at the start, I remember thinking, well, this is actually, because it was quite not, it was a bit of a novelty yeah. really initially, probably, to, yeah, toward like 2011. And, and it wasn't, you know, in terms of building up a big following, it wasn't like I was some like kind of visionary in terms of this is the way to go. We were kind of told yeah. this is going to be important in terms of promoting your, your stories and, putting links on and and just having that kind of engagement with with readers that it was like you were told this was something you kind of have to do really um so i just i i embraced it and then and i actually found you know quite early on that it was I actually thought it sounds stupid to say it now but i thought it's quite a good sounding board sometimes yeah, just to yeah, see yeah. what people yeah. are actually what are the fans talking about what are the big you know after the weekend like you sometimes think well, I, you know, that's what I would be talking about. But are they talking about the same things? Because yeah. Yeah, that, that was always a big thing at the Echo. It was like, well, if you're writing about stuff that the people in the pubs aren't talking about, then you're not really doing your job properly yeah. because you're supposed to be tapping into the mood and and, 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 and all the rest of it. So I, I found it quite a useful tool. Um, but yeah, it was a big change because obviously up to that point, everything had just been about you just, you know, you write, you write your story and you're done and 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 also around around that time you obviously have video and audio coming in as well as the social media use and then the website becoming more important to the company than the, the print paper, product yeah. because because when I started as a Liverpool reporter like each morning it would be right who's got the plan for tomorrow's paper right you know 
there's going to be a, a double page spread of Liverpool. Uh, and obviously we need a back page line that will like turn from the back page into that single column. So it was almost like your day was just about filling yeah, yeah. that space. And then it was like, once you'd filled that space, that was it. It was like, you know, whether that was two o'clock or four o'clock or eight o'clock at night or whatever, you just stayed until that was done. But then obviously with the internet, it suddenly became this like, you couldn't fill it because it was like this kind of like this like beast where it was like it suddenly became well we need something at seven a.m. eleven a.m. Yeah. lunchtime four p.m. seven p.m. spikes as they were yeah, known the when spikes, we worked there they yeah, were called they... and it was and it was it became like this kind of like and it, you know and it's, again it's different now because there's so many people that that contribute towards that but at the time it was still quite you know it it wasn't just me but there were days when it might be only you and maybe one other yeah you know it was. So, um, yeah, some some of the hours were just crazy. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you about that because I'm fascinated by it because when I worked with you, your reputation, and listen, you weren't the only one, but you, you your reputation in particular among the, the team was that you you did everything. As in you, you were you were N'Golo Kante of the, uh, of the sort of the desk, <laughs> if you like, covering every, every blade of grass. But did you ever feel like you sort of, you lost something in terms of your writing, or in terms of you know creativity, maybe elements to yeah. it because you were you were so you were so focused on. I mean, just just for just for some context, when I worked at the Echo James, there used to be a big screen in the room which would show you who was on what on the website and yeah. chart beats. It was called. I don't know if they still do it now, but it was almost like live live sort of feedback of we're struggling, guys. You know, we need to sort of give something. Yeah, we need to yeah. give a boost today, and it and it did. It did create an environment, I think, maybe more so on news than sports, I think, possibly. But where it became, we need to get something up or we need to sort of, you know, you never felt like you could do enough. Almost. No, it no. always felt like you were always sort of, yeah. there was something else you could do. And obviously that doesn't lend itself to what you may be doing now at The Athletic, more considered pieces, longer reads, you know, pieces where you maybe have to take a week to sort of speak to contacts yeah. and do things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it definitely became it became more of an issue, definitely, because you, you're right. How can you how can you possibly like be doing stuff justice and feel like that I'm producing my best stuff when it's like well you've got an hour on that, but then yeah. you need something else for two hours time or three hours time, and it's and it's it's like yeah, absolutely relentless. And also yeah, that feeling of it's never quite enough. Mm. And like the other thing that used to do my head in at the time was it would be like you know inevitably you know. Brendan Rodgers loses his job and the web hits, you know, go absolutely through the roof and suddenly it's all pats on the back. Oh, brilliant. You know, brilliant guys, absolutely smashed it today. And it's like, well, really, we just like, it's just yeah. events. Like, yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then it might be a, you know, a quiet Tuesday in the international break in November. And it's like almost this feeling of like, you know, everyone's shirking, aren't they? It's like, it's like we're not shirking. Yeah. Just, you can't create, yeah. you can't create news out of, out of nowhere. I, I remember and, the targets for September it always used to be September. Say, we're really down on last month. Like, yeah, the transfer window closed at the yeah. end of August. You know, yeah, like of course, just... that, like there's no no transfer news to, to report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it did like, the culture did change a lot because it was like it used to be the case that you know it was like you wouldn't. I remember for a long time we wouldn't even do like the transfer rumors. You know, in terms of like yeah. rumors that were elsewhere, it was like well, you just ignore it if it, if you know it's not true, just ignore it. And then it became, well, no, no, we've now got to do a story knocking it down. But yeah. my argument was like, we can spend all day writing stories yeah. just knocking. And, 
and it, and it you, actually you gained the reputation as well as a result of that didn't you like directly well, you know you, you, and, well, unfairly do you know what it's very sort of funny you say that because literally half an hour before i got in the car to drive here today front door goes and i could see through the, the through the window it was a delivery guy and um so i'm like <laughs> holding the dog back with one hand open the door with the other and he and he, he didn't even look at me initially he just went can you take a parcel in for next door and i said yeah yeah no problem mate, no problem and he looked at me and it's bad news pierce <laughs> And I was like, Today. I was like, yeah, like, wow. just, and I was like, I went, oh, it's good news. He went, nah, you're always telling people bad news. You are, yeah, but that, that comes from that culture, doesn't it? I mean, I, I used to, you know, you know, from working with me that I used to hate it. I used to, the, we used to have to do the rumor mill, as we call yeah, it, you know, yeah. and you have to write it. And I, I, I made attempt to change the way that was written, and probably didn't work. I tried to put that sort of snarky yeah, element to yeah. it, which is the way of, you know, to do it. If you yeah, make it, it, make it more sort of, you know distancing ourselves how did you find the work-life balance because you when i if i think back this is even 2010 so this is december 2010 newcastle away 5 30 kickoff on a saturday i didn't have to file my copy i don't think till seven o'clock on the sunday so i i had it was for the newspaper the website wasn't yeah. wasn't fed on a sunday the website was fed like you say i mean we I think when I left the Echo, I'm pretty sure there was a 1 a.m. spike, which was to ca- catch audience in, in America, for example. Yeah. There was 5 a.m., there was 7 a.m. So it, it never, you didn't sleep, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've, I have seen you sleep in, in, <laughs> in, in bars in and cars and, and on, on a, a, in airports, but you can't, you, you, you must have felt at that point like you were almost cheating if you if you if you did take a day off or if you did take a you know you you went out for a, a for a lunch break or whatever yeah did, did, did you find that tough that balance oh yeah horrendous yeah when I look back now I do think you know how how on earth did I did I manage to continue yeah. it for so long because yeah, yeah the work life balance just went completely and utterly out the window and I think it was it, it was that culture of like because it was like well now this is we have to do this for the website. You have to, you know, you have to do, but it was like so many elements to it that, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't out of the ordinary to be get back from, you know, Brighton away or Tottenham away at three o'clock in the morning and have the sports editor ringing you at half seven in the morning to say, Ray Houghton's on talk sport. <laughs> Can you get hold of talk sport? And that's just like, do we really need those Ray Houghton quotes? Yeah. Like, I love Ray Houghton. Yeah. But has, he, has he said anything? Well, they were dynamite, to be fair. <laughs> they were absolutely dynamite. And it was, so you would, you know, it was, yeah, it was it was difficult because on the one hand you think you've got to work your ass off to to because I did feel as if for quite a few years afterwards, like it, you know I, I did have like imposter syndrome. Really. I was gonna that, <laughs> glad so you brought that in. Did did because I mentioned there that the, the names that have done the job before you and you mentioned the fact that someone said to you they'll never employ someone who's not from the city. So did you feel an extra sort of weight that well one that you know maybe you don't have the natural um, backing of, of of the local audience because you don't sound like them or you you, you know you didn't you didn't go to the same schools or drink in the same pubs yeah. and that kind of but also that you know with all you know you meant you mentioned three there Bascom Tony Dominic they're all they're all they they had some of the biggest jobs in in football football right and now you know the, the Times the, the the Daily Mail the, the the Telegraph yeah you know. They're, they're they're big hitters that you're sort of following in the footsteps of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did a bit a bit of all of that really in terms of yeah the people that had done it before and then yeah that feeling of you know I, you know especially because I always got that feeling it was you know, missing out in the way I did shortly before I ended up getting it. 
it was like having to prove prove a point essentially, and that's why I tried. I would always go along to every, you know the, every supporters club meeting yeah. and chair whatever I could do with legends events and and whatever else just to try and put yourself out there. And because even then I'd get you know quite a few people would who would like read the stuff, but then would hear me speak and they're like I lost honestly hundreds of people over the years have gone. I can't believe you're not a scouser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I'm like oh went, I thought I just assumed you were. Having read your stuff, I thought you were, and it's like, well, I'm really sorry to disappoint mm. you. Like, you know, yeah. if, if there's any, con- if it, I, suppose, I, I think yeah. that's probably a bit of a compliment in yeah, there somewhere yeah. as well. Like, like I'd say to them, if there's any consolation, both my kids are. You yeah. know, they, they, <laughs> I can, if you heard I them, can confirm. If you heard, yeah, Holly Max and Max speak. Voice, they, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think there was that, that feeling of just having to like try and go the extra mile just to try and prove that like deserved, yeah. deserved to be in the job and and also, I also think the job in general it's not sometimes it can be a bit unhealthy because because it's always that daily cycle it's almost like even if you've had a good day on a Wednesday there's always that feeling of it, it could all go to shit tomorrow yeah like it, it's not like one of those ones where you're like think well I can put my feet up now this is a yeah this is a great week and yeah. it's like and especially when as you, as you said when the other thing I found being in that job at the Echo was obviously because there are so many other great journalists on the patch you're then competing for stories with them yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. so if you then if you're being beaten to stuff which inevitably is back is, is going to happen at times then you've then got people above you kind of well why have we not got that yeah, why yeah, yeah. and it's just like well i can't i can't really be chasing news lines i'm writing seven comment pieces a podcast column and, yeah, a column yeah, yeah. you know a video and and everything else at the same time so um yeah. but then again going back to what we said earlier on also then even at, even at those difficult times, you then have to say, just give your head a wobble. You like, you're writing about Liverpool yeah. for, a, for a living, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take you to sort of I'll back to social media a little bit. It's a big part of this, but I think my worst period with social media, I would say, and I've had a few, would would have been when Brendan Rodgers' reign started to unravel. And actually, a lot of my worst period in social media at that point was was sort of seeing the reaction towards yourself and towards the Echo, probably generally. How did you How did you find that in terms of because I think that's probably where you became the the celebrity of social media. If you, if you, if, I know you would never call yourself that, and I probably shouldn't, but you became you became the sort of like bad news Pierce became a thing, or the the you know the the, the sort of the attention became really sort of at times it became toxic. And I, I you know I I remember you'll joke about it now, but I remember you being told that you had to resign after the six one at Stoke and things <laughs> like that. I, I remember nearly having a punch up with someone in when you weren't even there about it about sort of comments that I'd seen because I used to handle the echoes. Um, Twitter account and things like that. How did you how did you find out when it became you're almost going to the game thinking, please don't lose today because if you do lose, I'm gonna to have to turn on my my Twitter and see blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Oh yeah, they yeah, they they were pretty grim, grim days. Yeah, I mean like obviously some of it was just like it's laughable, as you said, then like after the six one of Stoke, this fella he <laughs> but, said like say, you... how can your position is untenable? <laughs> how can you possibly continue at the echo after this? And I was like Mate, I'm, I just work for the local paper. Like, I didn't pick the team. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been at I haven't been at the training ground this week. Like the tactical board didn't didn't belong yeah, to me, yeah. and no, I wasn't the one not not picking up at the back post. It was um, so that kind of thing. But it, it it kind of I think lines just get blurred with a lot of people because they almost like they want someone to hit out at, and it's like 
And, you know, and again, going back to the early days when I was at the Echo, if someone wanted to, you know, they had to write a letter in. And yeah, people did. Yeah. And sometimes you'd get some not very pleasant letters. But it was like, it took a lot of effort, didn't it? Like suddenly with social media, people had access to yeah. you so easily. And especially, you know, cowards who then don't even, it's not even their real name, is it? You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you know, you know, Sacco 27 is like, <laughs> is, is going to tweet you this or whatever. And so it's not... But yeah, yeah, they, and, and and then also the other thing that, you know, it still happens now that people get blurred. Like if you tell people what is just factually true, they seem to, a lot of people don't seem to understand the distinction between that and opinion. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, and it's a, with Brendan Rodgers, you were like, even at the back end of that season when it, things had completely fallen to shreds. And it was like, you speak to the owners and they were like, no, 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 he's, he's safe. safe. You know, yeah. he's got enough credit in the bank. We're going to get, and like, so you'd write that. And he'd be like, "Ah, oh, how can you say this PS yeah. after?" And it was like, "No, no, it's not. It's not my decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is like come from Boston. Like, this is, this, and it's so it was. But yeah, they were pretty like toxic times. I think as well, there was probably a rise at that point, or a, a, maybe not a rise, but an expectation of sort of activism journalism, where it was almost like what you need to do is put on the back page. You know, obviously the Hicks and Gillette yeah. thing was probably yeah, a good example yeah. of it, wasn't it? With you know." get out of our club type of element to it. But that became a sort of expectation that that would, that would happen with players or with managers or with, you know, tra- owners regarding yeah. transfers or things like that. I think that probably fed into it as well. Um, everything changed with Jürgen? You know, did, did you find that that your job changed as well? I mean, we, we talk about Jürgen changing Liverpool as a club and maybe maybe the supporter base. Did you find that the job changed as well? In terms yeah, of- yeah. Oh, it's an absolute breath of fresh air. And that's not a criticism like, of Brendan, by the way. We should, should yeah, I should yeah, point yeah. that out. We're not saying that oh, Brendan was responsible. No, but... no, no. But it was it was just and I don't got some you know, I've got I've got a lot of time for Brendan Rogers still and you know, funny enough, speaking to someone the other day about the memories of thirteen fourteen and yeah. you know again because of everything we've been treated to since, you know, it's it's kind of slipped back a bit, but like it's unbelievable Brilliant. that season. And like just the sheer thrill of thinking like where would that come from? Yeah. You know, that title challenge and um and then you know everyone knows what, what happened with losing Suarez and everything else that that followed on from that. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember like being outside the Hope Street Hotel on the day that Klopp's kind of people carrier swung round the corner, and there was like three or four hundred people outside like celebrating. And I must have been like going going back to the office to like write the piece that night. I was thinking like I almost felt I, I, my my initial thought was how can this fella possibly live up to expectation yeah, yeah. levels? Because when people are like expecting that, it's like, you know, and I was thinking like, you just need, you know, you looked at the squad and you thought, you know, you know, he's going to need, going to need some time. But yeah, he did. He changed the whole mood around the place, you know, at all. and it, 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 you know, it's been, it's, it has been some ride, you know, covering the club, you know, week in, week out over, you know, what's come up to, to eight years since, since Jürgen arrived. And, yeah, it's. I mean, when you when you think of where Liverpool were at and and where they're at now, and you know, obviously it wasn't all been plain sailing along the way, and you know, it's. But it it feel it feels like fresh and vibrant and new again now because yeah, it, it was like, you know, things did go so flat last season, and and I think the thing for me was it was like well, it was it was hard enough doing it the first time when you're competing against. You know, clubs, especially you know, City, with with the infinitely bigger resources they've got, you know, can you really do it again? Because it's, mm. it's it was hard enough the first time around building that team that that won everything. Um, 
but you know, if if anyone can, can do it again, it's it's Jurgen yeah. Klopp. Yeah, I, take take it back to you then. I mean, I left the Echo March twenty eighteen. I think was it was it June July twenty nineteen. Yeah, you, yeah. you left so just after the Champions League final win against Tottenham. What was that like in terms of? I mean, that, I, I I compared it to, to the sort of Saudi shakeup of the transfer market <laughs> when the Athletic sort of they were they were making big waves, obviously at that point. Um, how did you know? What what was that decision like in terms of that? Because uh, you know, you say you never had a plan. I, I, I have to admit, probably until a few months before, I hadn't heard of the Athletic as, as a sort of entity. It was a brand new sort of thing yeah. that, that launched in in this country. What what was that period like for you? And what was that decision like for you? Yeah, it was it was quite strange really because it just came out of nowhere and. You know, and you know, traditionally the Echo job had been a bit of a, a kind of grounding to then go on yeah. to one of the national titles, um, but obviously the, you know, the whole industry had changed a fair bit in terms of you know Reach had, had bought obviously the Express and the Star and the Mirror and you know that that staffing has kind of combined and then you know you look at some of the other you know Merseyside reporting jobs and other national papers and you know. Those guys are kind of similar, similar age in yeah. terms of you're not, re- you know, you thought to yourself, well, as as much as I loved the job at the Echo, you kind of think, well, I'm not quite sure what, I'm not sure what the avenue is fr- from here, really. Um, and then, yeah, it, you know, completely out of the blue, got a phone call from um, someone in America to say that the Athletic were were expanding into the UK and Europe, and they wanted, um, you know, a team of reporters for each of the twenty Premier League clubs and. They wanted to talk to me about potentially doing it for Liverpool for them. So, yeah, I think it was about a week or two before the Champions League final against uh, Tottenham. Went down to London, met them in a hotel down there, and um, yeah, it just it just struck a it struck a bit of a chord, really, more in terms of that what they because because obviously it's changed slightly since because we, now we do do news yeah. and we do do yeah. quick hits on certain things, you know, especially topics that everyone's talking about, but. You know, I think still, still, what kind of like they kind of pride themselves on are the longer, deeper yeah. reads, and and so that was that was the thing that kind of struck a chord with me was they were saying like, what they when they when I told them what I did at the time, they were just like, what? Like, how can yeah. you possibly do that to yeah. like the best of your ability? And I was like, well, you can't, can you? <laughs> like, I'm like seven things a day and a podcast and four videos and and come away thinking, oh, I couldn't have done any better than that. <laughs> it was yeah. like, yeah. it was like, well, we want you to do two or three things a week, but we, it's because it's behind a paywall, it has to be stuff that's different and stuff that's, you know, whether it's data driven or interviews or, you know, whether, you know, just research in terms of, you know, going wherever in, in the world and speaking to whoever you need to speak to for a piece. It was like, that's the, what, that's what we want to do. And, and like, to me, it was like, well, this is like, I thought this, I thought that kind of that thing had been lost forever. Almost like with a like throwback, the throwback in yeah, time. Yeah, so that was the that was the thing, and you know, obviously there was like a financial benefit to it as well. I'm not yeah. going to do a Jordan, <laughs> not going to do a Jordan Henderson and say it was. I wasn't going to bring it. It was purely yeah. it was purely the project that excited me. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah, it was prim- primarily it was just you know you're still covering Liverpool day in day out. You're still doing all the games, all the things you love about it. But without a lot of the crap, really. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the way I saw the it chin. in terms of like, yeah, just like the relentless nature and, and not having to, you know, chase up, you know, every single ridiculous transfer rumour that's doing the rounds and and even even that culture that had crept in 
of like, well, we, we don't want to knock that down because we might be able to get four stories out of it yeah, before we yeah. knock it can, down. Can and you write why like, it would be a good sign of Liverpool, yeah. even though you know he's yeah. not signing? And this thing of like, well, Harry Kane's trending, so what can we do to, you know, let's pretend, you know, would would Harry Kane fit in at Liverpool? Like, yeah, you know, it's just yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, another little bit of like, you, you like seeps away and you're like, really, <laughs> really, is that where we're at? Did, it's like, uh, did you have, because I did when I left, the, the only thing that really, bit away at me when I left to go to goal and the one thing that bit away at me when subsequently the Echo came back and sort of asked me if I, if I might want to come back the, the 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 big thing that was on their side was that it was the Echo and it, and uh, for all uh, whatever whatever your thoughts on the reputation of the of the paper or the, the website or how, it, how difficult it is to use the website or the, the the direction it had headed in it's still the Echo and you're the Liverpool correspondent for it was that was that the sort of thing that that would have would have kept you there? The, the idea of you know, say giving that away if you like. Yeah, yeah. I think that was. I did. I, yeah, I know it was done it for a long time. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a lot to give up because as you said, it's still like it's, it was. It's a prestigious thing to be able to say I'm you know I'm the Liverpool mm. report for the for the Liverpool Echo, and you know having done it for eight and a half years as well, and yeah, of course you have frustrations in any job, but it was it was still something that I that I loved. In terms of a lot of the job, you know, not all of it, but like, but still vast chunks of it. Um, so I wasn't. It wasn't like a situation where it was like, yeah, I'd take anything because I just need to yeah, like yeah. to get away. It was like, but but yeah, it just felt like, and it, and it felt like, but you know what? This is probably is a gamble because you know it was. You know, I, I know obviously, you know, you're thinking people want to pay for Netflix and you know the time is behind the paywall, and so yeah. it, you know it's it's becoming probably more normal. But it was still after an age when a lot of newspapers had just gone down the route of giving everything away for nothing. Yeah, going chasing ad revenue and really well. Yeah, yeah, which, which again, you know, it, you know, I think inevitably is, is bound to lead to, at times to a bit of a rush to the bottom because if you're making decisions just based on the number of web hits, you yeah. think something's going to generate. So, but I just thought if, if, you know, what was I, four years, I was 41, um, I thought if I'm ever going to take a gamble, like this feels like a good time. Yeah to be taking one and um yeah I'm, re- I'm really glad i did like it's yeah. it's it's yeah in terms of like the work-life balance as well <laughs> i think I, i'm sure you found the same like what the only thing i miss is the people yeah in terms of the office and i mean the immediate yeah. the immediate people on the sports desk that we work with because that was what made it you know you, you would in, enjoy going into the office each day yeah um so we, so we, you know when people people still ask me now like do you miss the echo and it's like well I don't miss. I don't miss what the job had become. I've missed the people yeah, yeah. that I work with. I, of course. I mean, how did you find? Because I, I, you'll know, I used to joke with you quite a lot when we worked together that we'd be there a few hours after the final whistle, and often I'd be sort of sitting, sort of flicking through my phone, waiting for you to finish your verdict. I, I've actually seen James file from what was can only be described as a massage chair in a in a service station after the Carlin well. Cup final, wasn't it? Or the, yeah. the, the Carlin Cup final, 2012. Um, that changes, obviously, with the Athletic because of their approach. You, you're not doing 50 things. Sometimes you're not even writing an immediate piece after the game. Sometimes it's for Monday morning or whatever. Did you did you find that hard? I did. I, I, remember, I remember when I went to goal, Sort of something happened with Emre Chan. My first day at goal, it was like Emre Chan put up something up on on social media, and I was like, "Oh, I don't need to do something on that." And they were like, "No, we've got a news desk. They'll, they'll look after that." Like you, you know, you you do important stuff, sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. I almost felt for a few weeks like 
am, am I doing enough? Foremost, am I have I sort of have I gone the other way and I'm I'm sort of phoning it in? Did you did you find a little bit that you were like, I'm not busy today? Like what's what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was definitely like a yeah that feeling of I'm not doing enough and I'm not like. And it, you know, and also because you were so used to reacting to everything, yeah, it was like you know, you tell the desk and they'd be just be like, yeah, like why are you telling? Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> yeah, very interesting. You that, and yeah. you're like, you know, you'd say, oh, you know, like, you know, Paul Glatzel has turned his ankle in training or something. Can they be just like, okay, yeah, why, yeah. why have you rang us to tell us that? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I think, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. So yeah, there was that that side of it. I mean, in terms of the match day, I actually enjoy. I, I now get. I feel like I now get to enjoy matches. A lot more than really, I yeah. than I did because I think, as you were saying earlier on, you, you'd get that thing. At, well, I would certainly get it at the Echo with like fifteen minutes to go, especially on a night game, where you'd be thinking, "Oh my god, like I'm now up against it. I need to, yeah. I need to write." And I remember like the hardest match point I ever wrote at the Echo was when when Liverpool beat Barcelona four 0 because I just remember like at, like you're just like so like flabbergasted at what you just witnessed. And I remember, like, I had, I'd barely written a word, like, yeah. you know. How could you, though, to be it fair? It was like, and I was thinking, obviously, with it being a night game, I think the, the game probably would have finished just before 10. I think the deadline would have been 11. And and I, and I and that was just, I was thinking, I don't even know, like, how do you even begin to put that yeah. into, into words? It was just ridiculous where, where, like, you know, now on a night game, as long as my article is there waiting for the early person at 6 a.m. the following day. Right, okay. That's, yeah. that's fine, so... You know, sometimes obviously you do want to try and get it out of the way, but other times it's quite nice to be able to go to a night game, you know, whether it's home or away, and go back home or go back to the hotel, and and you're right, you know, sit down at midnight yeah. and and start doing it, and you can you know go on Opta and look at some stats and or whatever else, or you can feed in some quotes from Klopp or from the Mix Zone or whatever else. So, so yeah, I, I prefer that. You do, yeah, I yeah. That I, I've got, I, just, yeah. I think I think I'm a bit of a mix of it. There's sometimes when I think the emotion of the immediacy of of a, of a match report is sort of what's what you where you I really feel it sometimes. You know, you think oh, I've, I've you've nailed that on a, on a late one, or it gives you maybe more satisfaction. But I yeah. agree, you know, in terms of there are lots of times when you write something immediately and then. But by the time you've sort of seen the replays on match of the day or something, or you've you know you've just sort of looked at something again, you think I had that wrong, didn't I, or whatever. You you you're giving yourself a, a better better chance. Um, yeah. So the athletic, as you say, it's changed a little bit in terms of what it's done, but it's it's been become. I, I think I think when I think of the athletic, I think of the long the longer reads. Sometimes too long. I I, I would I would suggest in in, in some elements, but. Did that was that? Did you have to readapt to that in terms of because you was? I I remember a period when the Echo wanted three hundred words verdict. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I remember going. To, was it Wimbledon? Wasn't it away? We were yeah, driving yeah, down. Yeah. And I, I, it was probably the only time in my time at the Echo where you were finished before me after <laughs> after the game. Um, they decided, didn't they? They said that no one's ever going to read more than three hundred words on their phone. Yeah, that was that became that was like it, yeah, a the scroll, of the scroll sort of time. Yeah, yeah. The... So, so you obviously have got out of that habit. A lot at the Echo, you know, you're not writing sort of you're writing spread length pieces, obviously seven hundred and fifty eight hundred yeah. words, but you're not writing three thousand words pieces on you know an ex player's career or whatever. Did you did you have to re not relearn that skill, but sort of readapt to, to to writing those kind of pieces and maybe being a bit more colourful or a bit more sort of you know um, wider sort of scope in in what you were doing rather than just the quotes the quotes the sort of you know the, yeah the yeah oh yeah yeah definitely definitely it was a, such a massive like 
sea change and and again they were they were pretty helpful in terms of from the start in terms of like saying you know, like because sometimes you had, you had that feeling in your head well I'll, I'll just do it today because it's like well, no no we don't want you to do it today because we want you to like spend three or four days on yeah, it yeah, yeah. and go and speak to more people and, yeah. and get details that that aren't out there and it was like, okay yeah, yeah yeah and yeah and even i remember like i think it was actually on that it was before the athletic had actually officially launched they they sent me to to Boston on the preseason tour, twenty nineteen, yeah. and and I'd arranged to do an interview with Tom Werner in his office, and he and I remember like thinking, you know, where, where for the Echo it would have been, kind of like you just want to get it out as soon as you possibly Six can, pieces, you know. probably, yeah, 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 and it you know probably each piece would have been two paragraphs quotes, two paragraphs quotes, yeah, and like and and I was thinking you almost had to like reprogram your brain. To like, I remember thinking like, I need to like be more aware of like what's in his office, like what's he got, yeah, his, yeah, what's yeah. he got on his desk, and what what yeah. pictures has he got on the wall, and like yeah. little bits of color, especially because because our audience it's changed a fair bit because obviously as the athletics become bigger in the UK and Europe, but it's still a lot, you know, you're a, you know, there's a huge American audience there, um, and so it was yeah that feeling of it's it's not just about what they say, it's where you know paint a picture of where are yeah. they and. You know, even, I remember going across to like storytelling. Yeah, yeah, and like going to. It was. It, it wouldn't really plan it as this. I went across to Belgium to see Simon Mignolet the year after he'd left Liverpool, and it was like he he, he happened to be driving pretty much the, the full length of Belgium that day, and we ended up ended up doing the interview like like. But it was like it was like well, actually that's quite a fun way of doing it as of telling it like I'm in the car with Simon yeah, Mignolet yeah, yeah. driving across Europe. So it was like. <laughs> Just like thinking, well, it's, yeah, it's not really just about what they say. It's like trying to paint a picture yeah, yeah. of, of I, where you're at. And I, f- I find that I find that interesting. I think Simon obviously works alongside you. He's, he's really good at that element yeah. of it, isn't he? He's, obviously, he's written books and that kind yeah. of. He, he, I I often joke with Simon about sort of you know he'll always make a comment about what someone was wearing or sort of. And then I what I always remember is sort of he compares. Uh, someone who was driving a, a taxi to him to Alain Prost, the, the Formula One driver. That was, uh, just, yeah, very classic sign. Um, apologies if you don't want to sort of go too deep into this, but obviously, you, does your relationship change with people at the club when you're not at the Echo and don't have that pass in terms of. Because I, I, I worried about that a lot when I left. I thought, well, do people just speak to you because you work for the Echo and, yeah. and they trust the Echo? They don't know goal or they don't know the athletic or whatever. Did, did you find any change in that, or did it was, was it um, was it kind of the case that you you'd sort of it was you'd built your sort of standalone if you like credentials? Yeah, it was definitely something I was worried about when I first when I first switched jobs because it, yeah, it was that you know, yeah, do people speak to me because of the personal relationship or yeah. because of who who you work for? Um, but it was yeah, it was quite a relief quite early on to to realize well actually no people still pick the phone those personal relationships you know because essentially all those all those relationships you have in this story like it's based on trust yeah and you know i don't i don't think any of that changes really like you might you might have different demands placed on you by your employer but as long as the you know the people you have that relationship with think you're being fair and you know and you know even you know don't necessarily always like what you write but if you know if, if you're doing the right thing in terms of you know if there's something that you they deserve to have their heads up about first of all and you give it to them and um so no that was yeah that 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 was kind of like 
you know, like a real short, weight, weight off your shoulders because yeah. it was like, this would be really awkward if no one speaks to me after I've, oh, I've no, let, like... Can, I'll never forget <laughs> it. I mean, to be fair, that, one of the good things about it was I still get people now who... I've I've been introduced to people while I've been stood there, and they say this is nearly worked for the echo. I still say it now. I, like, I haven't for five years. But, um, what about with 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 Jürgen then? Obviously, because there's been a couple of incidents, not just with you, but with other other journalists, where he can he can go, and maybe it it's more amplified now because of the the environment we live in, where we've got social media, things are filmed, things are you know, trend and reaction. I was with you obviously at Wolves away last year. And you became a story. How 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 hard was that in terms of that? Because I didn't I didn't like it one bit, and I didn't like the sort of the reaction to it from certain elements of the media. Even how did you find that in terms of that? Because that that was a, that's another level of sort of it's it's one thing for someone on social media to sort of have a go at you, but when you when you sort of it it becomes a, a story where you're you're yeah. in the in a, in a media article. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was tough. I mean, the the the, the worst thing with things like that, and now. Because my kids are a bit older, they're kind of more aware of it. So when yeah. when when they're younger, obviously they you know, to be honest, weren't remotely interested in what I did. And you know, in fact, they both grew up initially hating football because I think they just <laughs> saw it as like that's the reason you are the ever around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. and like which has now changed because now Max is absolutely obsessed and wants to go to every single quite, Liverpool uh, yeah, game. I see him at games quite yeah, a lot. Um, but it was yeah that I mean that you know they when when you're getting messages off your kids saying you're like. Dad, have you been sacked? And you're, like, you're just like, what? Yeah. Oh, well, all our mates at school are saying you've been sacked. And, yeah. and it's just like, no, 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 I've not been there. Like, Max was like, is our holiday been cancelled? And I was like, why would it? Because of what happened. I was like, why would our holiday have been cancelled? Because of that? Like, they were like, so everything okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, this is what people at school have been been saying about you. And it's just like, like it's fine. Like, there's no it's an issue. And, and the frustration for me is that, like it, wasn't you. it well for stuff yeah <laughs> few layers to it obviously it was actually something written by someone else in a completely different publication the day before that that had, that had actually you know had, had upset the manager and 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 also like the like it's, it's just annoying that now because every single press conference is shown live on the internet and on yeah. TV and um and then you know and you see like certain news agencies who then clip up stuff like that with absolute glee for the engagement yeah. and the hits and the likes and you know even like the other week you know the mail online turn it into a story and it's like really like is that where we're at now yeah. it's just like i find all that side of it like so like so grim do, do, it, does it you, know, you might listen you might take offense at me even asking this does it does it make you think twice about asking a question when 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 you've had you've had your head bitten off a couple of times, is it you know? Do, do you maybe think, <laughs> I, you know, I, I I don't need the answer this much in terms of you know to, to risk that you might just say it might happen again. Yeah, I, I mean it's difficult really because I think something. Yeah, I mean you're right in in what I do now to a large degree. I don't I don't really rely on yeah you know quotes, the, the kind uh, of the the kind of the weekly kind of routines of press conferences and the rest of it, but. But it's like I also think what it's it's kind of like part of the job is to to be there at press conferences and and to ask on topics that that you know if, you know it's not gonna you're not gonna give me anything exclusive to use myself. But it's like well that to me that's like a topic that we should, we should, you know in general the manager should be asked about yeah. this week or whatever. And you know even like with the Wolves one, you know I didn't I had I certainly didn't if I if I'd known 
that it was going to prompt that reaction. Of course, I wouldn't have asked it. Yeah. It was like, you know, all I asked was actually, you know, you, you said before the game you'd had a full week to prepare. You thought you were going to get a response. You know, when a team starts that badly, it must be demoralizing. Does it make you yeah. question like the way you're preparing balls. them and they're both the, um... wolves games right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe yeah, just yeah. stay away from the wolves um, games but uh, but yeah I mean I, like I, and also obviously with social media as well things get blown out of all yeah. proportion I mean I like because I, I just think things like that used to happen like really regular I remember like yeah, there was it, issues yeah, being black yeah yeah, yeah. Was the ones with you know Brendan Rodgers when because, because obviously predominantly um, you know, to have the breakout section in like a side room at the old Melwood. And yeah. so if they were, especially like 14, 15, when things were going so badly, they would quite often get prickly in there. But yeah. the thing was, it would never leave the room. And so, you know, the manager could say something to you, you could say your piece back. But obviously, you know, now, you know, why on earth would you, would you want to, you know, you certainly, it's not a good look to be saying anything back when, the TV yeah, you, well, you can't win that battle, can you? You can't. You can't. You know, when he when he says, "Are you serious with that?" Question, you can't. You can't have an argument with a, with a manager. No, because no, no, no. One, one, yeah, I'm got a microphone in front of you, so you're you know, people aren't yeah, yeah, your yeah. side anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I, I and also I don't. I haven't got a problem with that. I just think you know, if, if you thought it was a stupid question, then fair enough. I think it's a stupid yeah. question. Like, like it's like, yeah, fast. I'll, I'll ask plenty more. I'm sure in the, <laughs> yeah, in the, in the months promise. and years there's to come. Promise. It's just like. So and then you know and it just and obviously on social media you can't win because then it gets everything gets blown out of such proportion and it's like you know and, and then you know you get people I get people come up to me going oh you know what have you done to upset him and yeah. like why does he hate you so much and it's like well you just like you just did two exception to the question it's fine like I'm all right like I'm yeah. still sleeping like it's okay like we don't have to worry yeah. about it but it's just it's that thing of just like people pounce on it and it gets blown out of or you know all proportion and you just think you know. You know, and then it's, it gets built up into something that it's not, and it's like, well, you know, like, like you know, Jurgen Klopp has given me some of the greatest days of my life. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, I've got massive respect for him. So, um, you know, you know, and it's yeah, that 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 element of it is is it does become like it can become tiring. It's more it's more really when it like impacts then on like the kids and stuff like yeah. that because I, yeah. I like you know I can I can handle the. The other, the other stuff is just. I, I was gonna say, I, I said this to Gorsi last week on the show. I said you, you are the the benchmark for me in terms of handling the sort of. Uh, if I'd have had half of some of the, uh, the 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 feedback, if let's call it that, that you've had down the years, or the the, the, the confrontations and things like that, that things people say to you, I don't think I'd have handled it. So credit to you there. Just nearly nearly wrap up now. I mean, do do you still love football? Do you, do you still have that? Because I I often see people and no not really people that we we spend a lot of time with but I do see some people and I think do you really do you really love it anymore or has the job worn you down into this sort of cynical sort of you know <laughs> you're just doing it for the job do you still do you still love being around football watching football yeah I absolutely love it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I like and that that's what makes it all the other stuff around it like yeah you know what you know it's you just think well that you have to always take the rough with the smooth because it's it's funny because people like say to me, well, like you know, why are you going to Brighton for that like lunchtime kick? You know, you could get someone else to do that. And I'm like, well, well, I want someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch like, it. Time, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like you know, and like I had a weekend, like because work had obviously said to me, like you know, I know you, I know you you want to do every single game, but there's times when it just make make more sense for someone who you know lives closer to where it is, or just you know just have a couple of days off or 
work on something different because yeah. you don't necessarily have to. Because obviously, what you find is you know the the match pieces of the people do engage with, but you know the, the because there's so much competition around you know so many people writing about every single game, you know sometimes it makes more sense to kind of like spend a couple of days working on something completely different yeah. um, rather than going to you know to lose away or whatever in the yeah. Europa League coming up. Um, but yeah, my attitude is, well, why would I, you know, if, if I wasn't working this weekend, I'd be, I'd be at the game myself. Like, you, you were yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, yeah. Me and Max were in the away end at Wolves. So, I mean, they, even that, you know, the number of ridiculous comments on social media, oh, like God, he's only in the away end because he's been banned. And I'm like, second minute, how, how does this work out? So I've been banned by Wolves. <laughs> for Jurgen not liking the question yesterday, but Liverpool will give you the like, ticket. It was like, yeah, you haven't, you haven't quite thought this one through. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I still absolutely, and and, and yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think you're right. Like sometimes you do become a bit cynical, and you know that thing of like when you when you look behind the curtain a little bit, yeah. it's like the mystique maybe is not quite as it was, and but but yeah, it's still like you still can't beat that yeah. absolute buzz no. of like. No. A last minute winner, as the poor Geordie fella next to me at St James's a few weeks ago, like, I, yeah, he got he got his both of his arms squeezed and he got shaken oh, a little really? bit in the press box. You're still and, doing that, yeah? Yeah, it's difficult. Those old habits die hard. You yeah, think, I always think if if you can maintain decorum, the day I can maintain decorum and a last minute Liverpool winner, that's. It's the time, time to call to give, it a day. Time to give it off. That's time a, to hand... nail the, the lid shut on the top. Yeah. Well, yeah, the lid shut on the laptop. And <laughs> hand, hand the Lenovo back in. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you're right. I mean, I, I, I think back to, we've said it a few times, when we'll, we'll get back to a hotel after an away game in Europe or a away game in London or something, we'll sort of have that, that pint and sort of like, good night on it tonight, you know, yeah. Liverpool have won. Do you have a, I mean, you might have mentioned it already, but do you have a night where you think, professionally and sort of personally where you, you think that that was your that's the night you'd relive again as a journalist covering Liverpool oh um yeah I, I think do you know I think the 2019 Champions League final will always be yeah. the, the pinnacle for me just because I also I kind of even though I hadn't handed my notice in at the time I knew I was leaving and yeah. there was always that feeling of of like you know wouldn't it be nice to like to think that the last game I cover yeah. for the Echo uh, after so long of you know I'd worked there for 14 years to think you know to to go out with Liverpool lifting the the, the European Cup so that yeah I think I think that'll that'll always be up, up there you know, and then yeah and then you've got like other ones are like a bit torn by other ones like it was like I felt on in a way absolutely so lucky to be there when they lifted the Premier League trophy yeah, yeah. in that like yeah. near deserted stadium and you yeah. think in, in a way like what an honour that is there's only like yeah, it was like three or four hundred people in Anfield that night, and but then it's also twinged with sadness yeah. because you couldn't help but look around you and think, you know, if anyone, you know, because going back to my first ever visit to Anfield, Liverpool had just just won the title for the eighteenth time, and yeah. and like I remember my, my dad bought me the, the scarf with like eighteen times Champions of England on. And I remember like saying to him, oh, you know. I didn't want that one because I was going to be out of date. Can I come next May? And it was like that so thirty. You're, so you're to blame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you just think so. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, over those thirty years, obviously, not that not that we'd come close that often to winning it, but still, you were thinking like, what's it going to be like? Like that that moment when it when it happens is just. And it was like, 
it, yeah, that that was a strange one. Like yeah. that feeling of, and the way on the one hand, you you know, it's an honour to be there, but it was like it really shouldn't have been. Yeah, it really shouldn't have been like this. No, I, I felt imposter syndrome that night because I obviously I'm sure you had the same. Lots of friends who would would have given their, their yeah, time yeah. to be there. A lot of I had friends who were actually outside, just sort of <laughs> trying to trying to experience the sort of some sort of reflected joy of, of that night absolutely um james it's been a pleasure thanks very Cheers, much nope. um thanks for you guys as well for, for watching i hope you enjoyed that um hope the production values were a bit better than than last week's um they, they, they ought to be the red men spend uh, a great deal of time effort and finance on this kind of thing so thanks to them thanks to james for coming in and thanks to you guys for watching and subscribing and liking and your kind comments as well keep them kind this week as well thank you <laughs>